0: It's time again. There is no escape. You are under my power. Look into the hypnotic eye and repeat after Mr. Lobo. I, as an initiated member of the Sleepless Nights of Insomnia and dedicated listener to We Talk Games, do solemnly swear to listen to... To the October Spooktacular, the whole October Spooktacular, and nothing but the October Spooktacular. So help me, Mr. Lobo. You may stand down. Here we go.
1: topic, we keep the format anyway. Titi Stinky Stinks so bad he smells. We take turns choosing the
0: games that we dreaming, you're listening to the We Talk Games, October Spooktacular. I'm your spectral narrator and humble horror host, Mr. Lobo, of Cinema Insomnia on OSI 74. This week's feature is... Golly ghost.
2: And now for something different. This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each Monday free of charge from your friends over at wetalkgames.com. I am your host, Kyle Von Kubik, and uh, I'm all alone. This is a little bit different format than what we normally do. Normally, there's a a co-host of sorts or some other voice talking back at me, but no, this is just me. Uh, I opted to do this solo show because I want to talk about a game that I love, and not because it's a game that I revisit or play very often. In fact, I probably only played it a handful of times, but rather what this game represents for me specifically, uh, which is a time of childhood wonder. So there's a few specific elements that need to be understood for this very personal narrative. First, it's the early 1990s. We're talking 1991, 1992. I'm seven or eight years old. The other thing you need to understand is for a seven or eight year old of this era, SpacePlex was the most wonderful place you could possibly go. SpacePlex
3: Family Entertainment Center is a special place for special events or individual family fun. From the minute you enter our building, you're transformed into a magical world of fun and excitement. Everyone's a child at SpacePlex. Our experienced staff and management team begin work long before you arrive to ensure the day's success. They know that many of the thousands of people who have been entertained at the -the state-of-the-art facility return again and again. There's so much to do, no one ever gets tired of coming to SpacePlex. Spaceplex is perfect for schools, camps, leagues, birthday parties, fundraisers, bar mitzvahs and every organization looking for the ultimate in fun and excitement in a clean, safe, friendly environment. Let's take a look at our facility. At Spaceplex, you can ride motorcycles, drive racing cars, fight monsters, shoot baskets or even ride a dinosaur. So for that unforgettable experience in a magical place that your children or organizational members will always remember, call our party or group coordinators to customize an event just for you.
2: Spaceplex. We take fun to the next level. For a child, this place had it all. Indoor carnival rides and games, ticket redemption machines. I believe it was the first place in Suffolk County that had laser tag available. It was an indoor mini-golf place, but really what I enjoyed most about going there, and I did go there quite frequently, was having those video game experiences, or those game experiences, that I couldn't have at home. Sure, there were games that I recognized, there was Pac-Man and Galaga, these things I could play on my Nintendo, but it was the unique games, the games that stood out, they, they were different, they had a steering wheel, or they had a periscope, or a light gun, or a motorcycle that you could sway back and forth on, or even a cockpit. The games that could only be played in an arcade, that could only be played in Spaceplex, those are the games that really drew my attention. And one such game that captured my imagination, stimulated my sense of wonder, A game that burned itself into the nostalgic corner of my mind was Golly Ghost.
0: Once again, turn off all the lights and set a pumpkin on fire outside your house as we prepare to foster nightmares and emotionally destroy the minds of children for years to come. We are not alone. Four poltergeists have come down from the astral plane to wreak havoc on our doors, windows, picture frames, lamps, and major appliances. They are Jack Nickelspook, May Worst, Rodney Dangerous, and Storebrand Booberry. Or at least, that's what it looks like their names should be the brilliant minds at Namco finally decided to make a game with cute mischievous ghosts in it. Charge up your proton packs and get ready for some serious busting that'll make you feel good. Certainly not the worst ghost busting you'll see this year. Get ready for tonight's feature. Golly, ghost. This is Mr. Lobo. Insert coins.
2: Essentially, Spaceplex was just a warehouse located in St. James. But to me, at age eight, it was a mecca of fun and excitement. This place wasn't just an arcade. It was a experience. It had atmosphere. When you first walked through the doors past the security guard, there was a long tube with strobe lights that would lead you into the main portion of this complex. That hallway was designed to make it feel like you were being transported to another world. And at the other side, there were day-glow colors and black lights. You'd hear the buzz of the different machines, arcade machines, ticker redemption machines, pinball machines, all chiming and humming at the same time. And at the center, an 18-foot-tall tower called the Miniweb, which was a jungle gym-type amusement that you would go into and climb to the very top by traversing these different webs of what I can only describe as industrial rubber bands. The decor, the motif, the signage, everything was leading into this whole experience and atmosphere of being a spaceport from elsewhere, from some other planet where weary alien travelers would gather to rest, relax play air hockey. (laughs) But of course, it wasn't that. It was very much a business, and a shady one at that. More on that later, but really, why am I talking about this place that's long gone, and only a few, a select few of people, particularly our listeners, would ever have the chance to experience? Well, I want to paint a picture of a place that, for someone at a certain age, at a certain time could be wrapped up into what I can only describe as the perfect storm to experience certain games. That they would leave such an impact, such an impression on them, uh, as Golly Ghost did for me, and that is what this is all about. It's the experience of that age of wonder and playing video games, wherein video games or technology or computers in general weren't just things that were all around us, as they are today as an adult, but they were these instruments of magic. They could do and achieve anything, and they were so mysterious in their power. So think of this, because it's spectacular a little bit of a ghost story, a time that is long past a memory of something that is long gone. It's the early 90s, either 1991 or 92, I'm either 8 or 9 years old, and I'm brought here to Spaceplex by my grandmother, who would often play this poker ticket redemption machine, and she actually earned enough tickets to purchase her first microwave, which I can only imagine, if you were to go back and do the math, the money that she spent within that touch poker game to get that microwave, it was probably the most expensive appliance in her house at the time, and it only died about four years ago, which is uh, a testament to the constitution of that said microwave. But anyway, I would be given twenty dollars worth of tokens and run off to play any game that I wanted, and that was the type of autonomy, the type of independence that could only happen in such a magical place. With my pockets filled with tokens, I'd explore the ten thousand square foot facility, looking for any game that was unique or different, something that I could not experience at home. And golly, Ghosts, put out by Namco in 1990, fit the bill. This was a sit-down, and in some varieties it was stand-up, but what I remember was a sit-down cabinet a light gun game that was half electrical mechanical half video game it would project ghosts onto a dollhouse diorama that would interact with whatever was going on in the game so On the dollhouse, there'd be closet doors that would open and the game would project ghosts coming out of said closet or there'd be a refrigerator with the door would open and again, the ghosts would be projected to look like they were coming out of the refrigerator. In this particular version of the game that I played, it was a ticket redemption machine. This all fed into the childhood wonderment, the imagination, the magic that was video games. How did this work? As an eight or nine year old, I didn't know, but I knew that it was fun, it was exciting, and it was different than anything I could be playing at home. Now, as an adult, I can look behind the curtain and know what trickery was used, and also know that such trickery was used decades prior with Space Invaders or Seawolf, and would be used a decade later with the technology behind Pinball 2000, using monitors to project images onto a play field or a matte painting, To give it more depth or realism, but at the time, as a child, this was sorcery. Now, I knew that there was computers and technology behind it, but I didn't know how it worked. But it was amazing to watch, it was amazing to experience. It felt real, as real as it could feel, with these Muppet-head-looking ghosts flying around the screen as I shot them. But their transparency onto this diorama lent to the feeling of busting ghosts which again for the time was extremely popular with children of my age the quote-unquote real ghostbusters animated series was still in heavy rotation for saturday mornings the art design and direction of this game definitely hooked into that this was japanese influenced cartoony fun sprites that had character and conveyed emotion. Each one of the ghoulish ghosts that would fly around the screen had a personality. The game didn't delve too much into plot or story, but you could tell each one of them had their own sort of backstory of where they came from. Couple of that with the trickery being used to project these images onto the playfield or onto this diorama, it really felt like you were playing a cartoon more so than games like space ace or dragon's lair which gave me the same sort of notes as a child but this was much more interactive and this art style was not just something that happened on the screen but all around this cabinet which you might take for granted but we've talked about it in the past a lot of times games had this sort of disconnect between the cabinet itself and then the game it played even when it was between the marquee the side art and the controls sometimes you For example, Blueprint, it looked like three different art houses had designed those different portions of the cabinet. Now, looking at Golly Ghost, there was a continuity between all of the artwork used, whether it was the physical that was on the cabinet or the digital that was being displayed. Everything felt calculated. Everything seemed intentional. This was the mark of a game that was cared about by its developer. And I know as a child, this was probably all Impacting me subconsciously, but it drew me to the game. I put in the tokens, I sat down, I held the plastic ray gun, moved the reticle around the screen, and shot ghosts. I felt like a real Ghostbuster. It was something special, it was something different, something that I could only experience here in this magical place. The gameplay itself definitely took notes from Galaga. The ghosts would move in patterns that were very similar to the galactic space dancing you'd see in that game. The dollhouse would give visual tells. Closet doors would rattle. Toilet bowl covers would shake. A steamer trunk would pop open to let you know where the ghosts were going to appear next. Which room they were going to pop out of. And normally the ghosts would appear in one room and swoop around the house in some sort of pattern and exit in a different room. The house was comprised of five rooms. A bedroom, an attic, a bathroom, a kitchen, and a living room. Each room had different props that the ghosts would interact with. The bedroom had a bed and a closet. The television was in the living room and it would turn on and ghosts would come out of it. There was also a front door of which the ghosts would enter. In the kitchen, it was the refrigerator or the stove. In the bathroom, the toilet bowl or the tub. And in the attic, an armoire and steamer trunk. Golly Ghost was a two-player simultaneous game, so depending on which gun you chose, left or right, you'd assume the role of the faceless hero, zip or zap. At its base, at its foundation, the gameplay wasn't anything special. It wasn't any different than light gun games that have come before it. Things appeared on the screen, you shot at them, and you scored points. What made the game special was the presentation. What made this particular game very special was the presentation of the physical and the digital melding together in something that gave a very concise feeling that presented a very specific attitude and had character golly ghosts art and art direction and presentation were its strongest attributes that isn't to say this was the only attribute of note Far from it. The music and sound effects were spot on, also conveying the same sort of kitschy cartoony fun, the Halloweeny fun, not too spooky, child-friendly entertainment that fed into my psyche, that fed into this feeling of being the Ghostbuster that I would watch on Saturday mornings. It was kitschy, Japanese in its sensibility. There was creaks and cracks of the old house, ghouls laughing while they flew around the screen and the music track led to the whole haunted house spooky vibe, and in between each stage, music that I can only describe now as pachinko jackpot-esque. If I had to describe the audio in a single word, it would be fun. And I don't think Golly Ghost would be as fun as it was without the audio, which isn't always the case with arcade games, but for this particular game, The audio lent to the game's kinetics. It felt good to shoot ghosts because you would hear them pop on the screen. When you fired your ray gun, you heard the firing happening. Uh, The tallying up of the score at the end really felt like you were achieving something. The video and audio stimulation complemented each other as partners. They were two halves. Together they were a whole. So what was the catch? Why isn't this game considered some sort of gold standard for perfection. For starters, it was far from perfect. In fact, it fell into the pitfall many arcade games did at this time, uh, particularly Ticket Redemption machines. It was made to gobble quarters. And the gameplay, while fun enough in the beginning, becomes increasingly difficult to the point of impossible. The game itself only has four stages, but you'll be hard-pressed to get past the third. It's sort of a bait-and-switch. The game starts off as if it would be an easy experience, something that could be mitigated by yourself. There are four main ghosts with different colors that move at various speeds and a fifth ghost that is represented by the stage and is some sort of household item reimagined as an apparition. Uh, I believe in the first stage it's a hamburger but by the second stage you can forget everything about the different colored ghosts moving at various speeds you'll notice that they all start to move relatively at the same speed and by the third stage it's nearly impossible to grab all the ghosts on the screen, even with a second player that can help you, assist you simultaneously. After all, this was a business and this was a ticket redemption machine. Golly Ghost employed a threshold mechanic so that if you didn't achieve a certain amount of points by the end of the stage, it would result in a fail state. This is the biggest detractor for the game overall, an artificial difficulty that's blatantly unfair. And I believe that this factor, this factor alone, is what regulated this title to the realm of the forgotten. But at the time, it didn't matter. I was a child and I wanted to see what came next. And I believe I probably spent all $20 worth of tokens on this game the first time I played it. But now, in hindsight, I can recognize that this game is mediocre at best Its shortcomings are probably because it was originally designed as a ticker redemption machine, therefore hindering it as a good arcade game. That said, what is all the gushing and love that I'm showing toward this game about? Well, that's a difficult thesis. Could it be about how our own nostalgia fills in the gaps, the shortcomings of something that we remember being better than it actually is? Well, more recently, I was able to go to Barcade in Brooklyn, and by happenstance, they had a golly ghost machine, and I was elated. I sat down, I played it, and it brought back all the memories of playing it for the first time, and I could understand all its shortcomings, but still, I derived a certain level of enjoyment that would be equal to what I experienced as a young child. So I think it isn't so much about whether or not the game holds up today, but it's about how this show, We Talk Games, especially now in its current iteration, is heavily involved with emulation. And that isn't meant to sound derogatory. Emulation has afforded us the opportunity to play games that otherwise would be unattainable. Because of emulation, we've been able to highlight and showcase arcades, hidden gems, and obscurities. And that's why I wanted to speak about this game. Now, you can play this game on MAME, and most MAME applications will allow you to use the mouse to control the reticle on the screen, but I will say that I tried that for the purposes of this show, and the game is more difficult than playing it in person with the light gun. But it's about the childhood wonder of games from yesteryear that inspired us, that left an impression on us that we can revisit, That's what this show is about, revisiting old games. And sometimes we can achieve a close experience to what it would be like playing it in person. But certain titles, particularly this title, Golly Ghost, needs to be experienced in person. It's not something that you can emulate with an Xbox 360 controller and a laptop. It's something where you need to sit down and put your hands on a German-fested ray gun and shoot ghosts projected onto a dollhouse diorama, only then can you truly experience this game. It's the old saying, you can't go home. But in this case, particularly with old arcade games, you can emulate home. Particularly if you had actual memories and experiences of the real thing in the era that it was released. Then you can go back, revisit the title, and determine whether or not all that nostalgia that was built up in your mind was justified or completely crazy.
1: Uh, hey yo! Guess what? Stinky the Game Master here. For, uh, Halloween. For trick-or-treat-treat-tips. It's hot today. What do you do when it's, uh, the time for trick-or-treat and it's hot? Easy. You, you, you put, oh, I didn't prepare anything today. I was, uh, listening to Kyle's show and I got melancholy flowers around the ears. And the heart pulls on the heart strings, you know? Reminds me when I was a little baby. I was right there in Ford's Theater with President Lincoln. And Mary Todd, Kelly, and everybody else. Old Chicago Why do you have to go Everybody sing and dance You want to do something uh, fun Maybe you don't want your iced tea To get uh, too diluted You know So what you do is you take some of your iced tea And you put it in an ice cube tray where you freeze that Then when uh, you put that in your Then you put those iced tea ice cubes In your iced tea And then when they melt You just have more iced tea Here's Mr. Lobo. This is Mr. Lobo, and
0: you're listening to the We Talk Games October Spooktacular. Week 3. Golly! Ghost! We Talk Games is not responsible for the safety
2: of those in attendance. So what became of Golly Ghosts? Well, in 1992, there was a Japanese exclusive sequel that got rid of the diorama and the haunted house theme and replaced it with an underwater setting. Again, this was just a basic light gun game. There's two different variants, one strictly arcade, the other Ticket Redemption. And then in 1996, there was an even more obscure puzzle game released for Windows Computers. As for Spaceplex and its fade into obscurity, its past a little bit more checkered. It had been reported in 1992 that it was the site of Katie Beer's abduction, which was a very famous abduction case that happened here on Long Island. It turned out to be false. It was actually a story that was propagated by the perpetrator of said crime and even though that came out relatively quickly that it was a false story and that nothing of the sort had happened within spaceplex it didn't matter the damage had already been done parents were afraid to leave their children or even bring their children there my parents included and even though i would go there a few more times under very careful supervision From that point forward, you saw the place to start to deteriorate, and by the mid-90s, Spaceplex the company was exposed to be a part of organized crime and stock scams. It filed for bankruptcy shortly after. And there you have it, a personal narrative, a tale of yesteryear, what it was like to be walking around a super arcade as a young child in the early 90s. I hope what this story and this particular episode lacked in humor it made up for in heart and entertainment and if you didn't like it i'm sure keith will get us back on track next week for we talk games i'm kyle von kubick
0: greetings trick and treaters this is your horror movie host mr lobo from cinema insomnia i would tell you to watch my new season on my channel osi 74 for roku but you'll probably be playing video games Maybe you could have Mr. Lobo on in the background. You never know. Might make it scarier. I'd like to thank the good folks at We Talk Games for inviting Mr. Lobo to haunt their five-week spooktacular. Look out! Scary games are afoot! Next week, Devil World. Until then, game. Over.
1: (laughs) It is funny.